Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Jay. With me this week, back, Austin. Yeah, I didn't get called into work at uh, 2 a.m. this morning, so. Good God. Hooray! Good God. And then, the other voice you hear there, Brian. Hey there. All right. If you guys didn't know, as always, this is the Mammoth Games Cast. Uh, bringing all the games you need to know. If you get that chance, head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff there as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when you go live and do junk just like this. All right. So, um, why don't we just jump into some of the freebies? We do have... Uh, I think we talked about these last week. I think they're still up. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, I believe so. I know I've been looking at these ones. So um, we do have uh, Antstream Epic's Welcome Pack, over a thousand retro games, and then uh, The Hunter Call of the Wild. Uh, you can pick that up until the 2nd, whereas after um, December 2nd to the 9th, you can pick up Dead by Daylight, which has terrible gameplay mechanics, um, and then uh, Wild True. No bitterness in that all at all. I don't know what the other one is. Uh I love the idea of Dead by Daylight, but their their gameplay mechanics are stuck in a PS2 era. Yeah. So I will not even... Lo- I probably won't even download this one. Just a set of precedent. Um, but what's this other one? Um, Genshin Impact. Yeah, it's, it's called Wild True Learning. Oh, it's like a coding... Like an intro to coding type thing where you're like, that's really cool. Like connecting things and it's kind of like uh, coding. Yeah, it's uh, jumpstart uh, third grade. Um, what's the uh, so it, it's kind of almost doing like an Unreal like blueprint thing. Ah, I see of. what it's doing. Um, it, so it yeah, reminds it, me a lot of what was the other programming game, uh, Human Resource Machine or something like that. So um, yeah, it, it kind of teaches teaches you how tasks run. So you have inputs, right. and then you have like uh, uh, selector oh, cases, and selectors, and, and yeah, yeah you, it, it, you basically create a tree going from the inputs and outputs, or inputs to your outputs. Right. Um, okay. This looks a lot like um, a program that language that we used in college called LabVIEW, where essentially everything okay. was an actual visual object, even Boolean statements was like you dragged a plus yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, and these kinds of things, I mean, they work in a lot of different things, especially across, um, like, video games. Like, this looks really close to how a node tree looks in Unreal Engine, or mm-hmm. really close to how it All looks right. in, um, like, Substance Designer. Substance Designer, you can create some of the most fantastic textures. And not even textures. Now you can do, with different height maps, you can do, like, real-world objects. I saw... Um, I saw a, a, a texture the other day of uh, it was an animated texture of tentacles and eyeballs that nice. were like the tentacles were all moving and every once in a while you'd see like a squid eye or like something like that kind of poke through and it would blink and look around and then go back in and it was it had several different variants of that's cool. like how that worked it was so good but I've seen people do full building fronts in this just using height map which is disgusting wow um so this is actually a really really good thing for i think anybody that has never really dove in this could be something really good to play before um even diving into unreal because if you're interested in unreal 
it's going to overwhelm you. There's so much there. This could help you understand that, at least from the input, getting the input, the different um, like variables in between uh, to getting your like ideal thing, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, that's right. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that is really cool. Um, so, yeah, we have those coming up. Um, man, that's that's actually the coolest thing I've seen in a while, I think, on here. Um, but yeah, uh, the second to the ninth, you'll be able to pick up Dead by Daylight and uh, Wild True Learning. Love that. For sure. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and jump right on into the weekly news. We have uh, a lot of people are talking about Arcane. Have either of you guys oh, yeah. dove in and watched any of it? Yep, I'm, I may have I got, started. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I've got two episodes left. Nice. I may be starting my second run through on going through the series. I've nice. already watched it once through. It's that it's good. It's really huh? good. Okay. It is really. I mean, it's got like perfect ratings on most episodes. Yeah. Uh, wow. People that are not League of Legends fans really like it. Um, I would so, be one of those people. Yeah. Like the the only background I have with League is I played wild rift on my phone a few times over the summer nice. and that's about it that's essentially my history with the series so it's perfect for someone like me that i just don't like mobas i don't like the the mm-hmm. gameplay the, style, the style yeah. I, I don't think it's fun to even like watch that much i'll Correct. watch them every once in a while just like if it's like really high like high tier people playing or whatever right but i do know the lore is really really deep like they have a well, lot of characters and they have a lot of yeah like, it's interesting because um yeah they've they've come up with like a really like big detailed world um they are like retconning their lore constantly to kind of fit with the more modern stuff and every once in a while they introduce a character that kind of really shakes up breaks it the existing stuff and they have to redo it um which i think is one of the strengths because they have to do that mechanically a lot as well, right? Like, there will be, like, a new character that, oh, because of the introduction of, you know, our last two or three characters, we have to go back and kind of change how certain combat mechanics work. And, you know, such and such character just doesn't really work anymore because of its outdated mechanics. So that's one of the things they're doing is not only do they have, you know, well over 100... uh, Let's see how many there are. League of Legends champ. Yeah, there has to be, like, 100 count. 30 right 100 and more than 140 jesus that's wow that's incredible uh the current number is 157 um so every one of those has a detailed backstory they come from a particular place that's detailed in the lore uh, other people are from that place they have relationships with other characters like yeah they've they've really gone all like out these people stuff. these people are my bros and these people aren't my bros yeah, well, my bros and my hoes. More than that. And I think Arcane is making a really good uh, right. play at trying to actually flesh out the interconnection between the characters here. Right. A lot of them are literally, like, living through, like... In the League of Legends universe, I guess, there were a couple, like, major uh, historical events. And that kind of triggers like, a lot of these characters. Yeah, it sounded like there were, at least from the show, like there was some like mage wars for like mm. control and stuff like that because they allude back to why they're so adverse to like yep. tapping into magic. Basically, there was like a um, Egyptian empire that was led by people using magic 
and that's mm. one of the reasons why people are so afraid of it. It's because there's like a you know you become so powerful you can do this totality, you know, power world encompassing kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, they talk about that a lot, and you know, they're, they're they've had a lot of time to work on it because this you know originally I think the beta came out in like 2010, 2009 something like that and this yep. has been consistently one of the biggest games in the world uh, the biggest competitive uh, you know event like esport game um, right it's huge you, outside of like fighting games you could almost make a case that like this kind of really launched Is esports, esports as right yeah, yeah. yeah. other and than as, like you said yeah, a couple fighting games and then I think I remember reading that as far as the show itself is concerned, that they have been working on the show for over six years. Yeah. And you can tell, I mean, there's a ton of, you can tell there was a lot of really good work going on in the writer's room. You can tell there was a lot of, um, a lot of thought put into it. And they, they had this whole launch around it with like more detail on, um, all these characters' backstories and stuff. There was like an interactive text, like you know, clicking, uh, you know, text-based adventure game that was mm-hmm. launched for free with this. Um, they also launched two other games, uh, which I think we've sort of mentioned, but not in super big detail or anything. Uh, yeah. There's a rhythm game where you play as this little dude that's like exploding bombs, and then there. Uh, so that was. Uh, Hextech Mayhem, I think it's called. Yep, that would and be then right. there was uh, the Ruined King, which is from Airship Syndicate, the guys that made Darksiders originally. Yeah, um, and they made this whole like adventure RPG, um, which I've been playing a little bit of on Steam. Uh, that seems it? like a really good uh, Switch game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's it's really similar to the other Airship Syndicate game that they released, which was let me think. Yeah, it's. Um... Uh, night yeah, battle chasers night war yeah battle chasers okay uh, which I didn't really super I don't like some of the like fundamental like you know over the shoulder or you know uh, isometric angle mm-hmm. and stuff like that is not great mm-hmm. it felt a little hollow but it yeah this it feels a lot like that game where it's like oh it's like a traditional turn based RPG but we added these like worse mechanics <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I'm not a massive fan of it I know a lot of RPG people have been really big on it, so maybe it's just me. I'm a. I don't know if I'm like too archaic or too new. It's in between one of those two things. But um, maybe yeah, it'd be something that Johnny could take a look into, see what yeah, he thinks of it. Yeah, I think I think Johnny would like it. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting. Um, they're they're doing this huge push to branch out. As we know, last year or the year before, um, they put out Valorant. Uh, they have a fighting game coming out. Uh, they're really trying to just push the League of Legends universe out in every direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they're being extremely successful with it so far. So, so yeah, the biggest thing that I keep hearing about, especially uh, just looking at the at the Netflix show, um, mm-hmm. where more you know more so just talking about that for a second, they uh, uh, they've already started talking about a second season. Um, right. So that's which is interesting. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be another show, not necessarily a second season, because I think okay. they wrap up the story. Uh, you know, I won't say anything about spoilers with the 
Fair. final two since you, you yeah since you haven't seen it and you are also two episodes away from finishing it yeah i know i can i can sense that it's making a huge turn in the final yeah. couple episodes because they released it in like acts so they released it in three episode bundles right which over are like three weeks each act over the course of three weeks right so i like that um yeah smart interesting yeah. it's almost like three movies right because each yeah. episode's 40 minutes long or whatever so yeah. Because the first act is essentially about focusing on okay, here's the origin Vi and Powder as yeah. they were kids. Yeah, and but then, yeah, the biggest thing that I keep hearing about is just their art style. The art, yeah, the art incredible. is extremely good. Yeah, it's it, almost like hand painted, but it, then also it kind of looks a little like Dishonored. I it's a little like Dishonored, a yeah. little bit like that. Little uh, into the Spider Verse, I definitely get a lot of sure. that, especially yep. in a couple moments that uh, I don't know how far to get into spoilers and that kind of stuff but there's a character that has kind of some mental breaks and stuff like that and when she mm-hmm. starts getting that extremely well done yeah it it definitely reminds me a lot of like Into the Spire versus like when they mm-hmm. kind of pull into like the more comic aspect of it like a bunch of stuff popping up that normally wouldn't be there sure right. alright yeah that's awesome um do we have anything else on this that you guys wanted to point out? Like I it's said, basically, I'm just kind of along for the ride. I haven't yeah, actually watched. With their, uh, with their big push, I definitely think that there's something in um, the League of Legends lore for everybody. And I know, I mean, I know people that used to just follow the lore like that was put out on the website mm-hmm. and not even play the game. Like, they do an extremely good job. They employ a lot of people just to do that. True. So... Ooh. There's something there for anybody, I think. So just kind of pick your, you know, if you want to play the rhythm game. If you're interested in that, uh, we have a story coming up about that later. Play that, you know. It's its its own thing. You don't have to go and play 700 hours of a MOBA to be able to enjoy that, you know. For sure. Right. So I think that, yeah, that's, that's my kind of final takeaway is that there is something in here for everybody, I think. Which I, I'm, I'm great, you know, ha- thankful for because I... Yeah. It has been something that, like, I've seen friends get into this, or at least back in college, I remember when this first came out, a lot of my friends liked to get into this, but I just, for whatever reason, never downloaded it myself. And oh, I wouldn't it. even, I would not recommend uh, playing League of Legends at this point. I just think it's way too late <laughs> to get in. That's what I was going to say. Is horrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, that's why I've seen a ton on Twitter about Arcane. It's like, you know, the story is great. It, they've done an excellent job with Arcane. But it's unfortunate, like, the community for the actual game itself is just kind of really toxic. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, up next, he finally did it. We knew it was happening. Son of a bitch did it. Son of a bitch did it. Kojima Productions uh, launches a film, uh, TV, and music division, which is definitely the thing that Kojima wanted to do, like, all along. This man, oh, yeah. I mean, more than anything, more than video games, and he is a music and film lover. Yeah, I mean, it's it's apparent with pretty much all of his projects that he just loves film and wants to get into this kind of media and stuff. Yeah, I mean, think about just the the last like like all of the games that he's worked on. Right. You know what I mean? Like, especially in the last like since he's left like Konami. Like, even before then, he was working on a title with Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus, mm-hmm. and he transitioned that into a title as well, adding uh, Mads Mikkelsen into it and several others. 
so you know it, it's those connections that I think uh, I, I think that drove him like I think he had been thinking about it for a while kind of seeing mm-hmm. how uh, you know how, how it's like an open I wouldn't say it's an open market but there's not a lot of people that are that diverse in entertainment especially right. coming out of games yeah so uh, the the quote was and the quote coming from uh, what's his name Riley Russell um, who the uh, who's leading the new team uh, the new division will be tasked with working with creative and talented professionals in television music and film uh, as well as more familiar games games industry um, and and you know he goes on to talk just a bit more uh, you know saying um, the well not him but the um, development manager says you know finding new ways to entertain engage and offer value to our fans um, so just really looking to basically diversify what um, Kojima Productions can do it'll be interesting to see if uh, he succeeds in this because um, I, I always feel like crazy things happen to Kojima and then he comes out on the <laughs> other end like better than when he went in I think so yeah he's such an interesting character for sure for sure um, well I I think the right way to really describe him is like he is an artist in every aspect that you can think of yeah mm-hmm. he that is kind of the best way that I would come up with with describing Hideo Kojima is just that he is just a pure artist and he loves creating art in whatever medium that he can get his hands on. Yep. That's true. That's true. It's funny. We we have, we've had Drake on the show several times and I feel like this is exactly what Drake wants to go and yep. become. I feel like his <laughs> idol could be Kojima like deep down inside. I don't, I've never heard him say it. Oh, I know he loves Kojima and his and a lot of the stuff that he does. So he's definitely inspired by it for sure. Um, I I say go work for his company, dude. Yeah, definitely. We gotta have him on the show soon. Yeah, it's been a while. Keep him awake the whole episode too. <laughs> keep, keep we gotta keep that <laughs> son of a bitch awake is the first thing. <laughs> um. Yeah. Speaking Maybe. of uh, you know, games and adaptations and stuff. Um. So basically, there's been continuing to be a lot of uh, insanely nerdy stuff has been doing pretty well with the Dune movie. Uh, the Wheel of Time um, debut on Amazon Prime Video. Um, so Amazon Prime has gone ahead and said, you know what, we're going to double down on that. We're doing uh, let's it. Get, they're, they're doing their Lord of the Rings show still, and uh, they've said we're working on a Mass Effect adaptation. So this will probably be the only good Mass Effect thing that ever comes out again. Yeah. Uh, if the... Next article is any indication to that, right? Um, well, they'll definitely be able to finance it. That's definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, the Lord of the Rings thing is uh, just violently, disgustingly expensive, right? right? I think I think we talked about that. Yeah, I think like it's the most expensive each, like television series to episodes ever made. Yeah, something like that. Good God! Like every episode is more expensive than the most expensive episode of Game of Thrones, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Who gives a shit, right? The Wheel of Time. Where did that come from? I just saw it. I started Wheel of Time? I saw an article. Was, I mean, based off it of came from series. some weirdo dude that wrote a bunch of books. I, I saw it like two weeks ago for like the first time. 
and then it's been everywhere ever since. So I'm like, I I started watching it. It's pretty good so far. Uh, there's some areas where the budget kind of shows for it and the, yep. like the magic effects and stuff. But I've this is another thing I have no background on, so I I never read the books. But it I'll say this: it definitely feels very Lord of the Rings inspired. Um, mm-hmm. Just what is going on currently with the story with the episodes? It feels a lot like how Fellowship was like. Um, just with a different, uh, I guess, MacGuffin for lack yeah, of a better term. Like the the Wheel of Time series, which I've only read the first book of. From what mm-hmm. I understand, it's like it's sort of telling the same story over and over again with different characters and stuff to kind of show the like um, it, these things just happen and they they have to happen over and over again. It, like, it taps into um, like a theological aspect of reincarnation that right. like these are the same souls that are just reborn in another day and so that plays into like the religion that they practice in this universe here mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of talk of like trying to break the wheel and end the cycles of that continuously wow. seem to happen here yeah. um, but it, yeah. it's really kind of cool how they play into that aspect yeah yeah, that's, that's uh, also, cool. it, it is interesting that like I think a lot of people kind of have some familiarity with the Wheel of Time, and when you look into it, you'll find that the series is the best-selling epic fantasy series since Lord of the Rings. That would make, wow. That would make sense for like why I've heard of it but never read yeah. it. Like I feel that I've been hearing for a long time people talk about this book series. Yep. So this and. Um, I think it's Mistborn series is another one I hear a lot. Oh, that's about. a good one. Well, yeah, that's yeah. because um, the Mistborn stuff was uh, Brandon Sanderson who finished the Wheel of Time after the original author died. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Same guy. <laughs> yeah. So it comes full circle or wheel. So nice. it comes full wheel, folks. So out of Mass Effect, I don't know. What, All right, Pete. You think it's going to be... Uh, It'll be good. Yeah, well, I, I assume it'll be interesting to all of us just because of yeah. our vested interest. But right. does do they tap into already existing people, or do they go their own route? They might do like a little bit of both. This is my prediction for it: is that they'll probably do like what they are with Lord of the Rings, where they're not touching on the War of the Ring era, but they're te- going into an earlier age and like doing up dealing with like uh, i don't know i think they said that like this lord of the Rings series will deal with stuff like the fall of gondolin don't quote me on that that's just me, my guess because i think it's like all second age era stuff yeah that'd be a good idea. um my guess would be that with mass effect they would probably tap into the first contact war with like them trying to activate the uh, mass effect really on sharon and then uh, the war with like the Turians and stuff like that. That would be my guess. And then from there, getting like admitted into the con- the um, Citadel and stuff like that. That would be my guess because then you have like a lot of creative freedom that you could just create a, you could do like a Shepard S story mm-hmm. with like a lot of the same archetypes, but not have to worry about actually doing Shepard. And then worrying about, oh no, if we do this with the show, then a lot of people who made this cho- choice in the game series is going to be upset because that's not what they chose to, their Shepherd to be like. Mm-hmm. That would be, sure. or at least that is how I would approach it. 
For sure. Yeah, you could definitely do something, yeah, with first, you know, first contact war with Turian, stuff like that. Would be... Yeah, well, I think there's a ton Smart. of of wars to dig, <laughs> dig into, you know? Excuse me. There, there's, there's a lot of con- content here. Um, right. And I always find it weird, especially after playing the game, and, and playing it in order, you know, playing the games and then getting a... Um, like a show like this it always does feel a little weird because you know they're gonna inevitably if they go that route introduce a they're gonna introduce a character that you're gonna be like why haven't i heard of this why wouldn't i have heard of this character while playing through the games and it kind of creates that you know that that little um like out of body experience for the series or plot hole or something like that yeah and, and not yeah, even that really they'll have to eventually resolve in the show itself like that character died before the events of mass effect 1 yeah or something. It, it it kind of pigeonholes themselves a little bit oh so yeah. i just had this idea um just now is going into like mass effect 1 what if like matriarch benetia is um part right, like character. It, well, a revolving char- side character that, like, whoever the and protagonist um, interacts with or something. And so you see her before she is corrupted by Saren and Sovereign. Yeah, it'd be cool. What if it just followed Joker the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Well, I mean... I'd watch it. It'd, it'd be easy it. to film that. You just uh, point a camera at a chair and then just have... Um, Seth Green Seth- say shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know. We were out running around a lot. I don't assume he stayed on the ship the whole time. He, he was, was there a lot, at, though. He's out at the bar, you know, getting into... He was at the club, trying to have sex with a computer. That's true. That might Folks. not be as fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm interested. I'm interested to see where they go with it and what... Uh, basically what they can build that would that would surprise us it would be really really nice to see um this be i I don't want to say like the final send-off for it but i i I think i think you are right in saying yeah maybe we should have this be the final send-off for it well (laughs) well I, i think you are right in saying like this could be the last good thing we get out of mass effect yeah i hope that's not the case same, I just don't think but, that they are the studio to do it anymore. Right. You know? And 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 they're not going to get rid of it. They're going to keep it forever. Their time has passed. Yeah. It's time to hand it off to a new generation. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping that just out of this we can get something new yeah. that we're excited about in kind That's of the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh so sticking with that and how uh Bioware is just failing, failing left and right. They're um, falling apart, dude. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, they they have them. fallen apart. They're yeah, completely they're, apart at yeah. this point. Yeah. Well, do you guys think it's just like part of the expectations that is given onto that studio because they've they are the studio behind Dragon the, Age and Mass yeah. Effect and uh, the original Knights of the Old Republic? There's just that pedigree of game sets behind them that in this ex expectation to you know always you know outpace what you've already done and, and it makes it impossible to live up so too. high yeah I, I i think i think it's um I, I think it's bad uh i think it's really bad for the um like the the lead designers to keep thinking in that way 
that right. I, I oh I have to do better than the previous thing. It's like no, you, you don't have to do better no, than the previous thing. No. You have to make something. You have to make something that people care about. It doesn't have right. to be the be- the thing that looks just better than. It does not have to look better than you know Sony's first parties. It just or you know or or Microsoft's first parties. It does not have to look that that amazing. It doesn't have to play like the most fluid thing ever. What you yeah. can deliver is story. Write a story, and then listen to it. And tell me if it sucks. Because if it sucks, keep working. Right. Like, at, at this point, and, and, and what we're going on about is uh, Matthew Goldman left the studio. He was a senior creative director um, for Bioware. I can't believe left. they still had anybody with senior I, in their title at this I point. I'm blown away <laughs> that, the, yeah, anybody that's been with this company for more than 10 years is still there. Yeah. Um. And that, that's rough, especially coming from me because I'm kind of the person that would like to find, you know, find that meaning and stay with a, a company job-wise. Oh, yeah. Forever. No, I'm with you. Like, if I if I never had to apply to another job for the rest of my life, I, I'd be content with that because after spending four years of sending out thousands of job applications and resumes, that was, right. that was brutal. That took a toll on me. It's terrible. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, someone with 19 years studio experience doesn't really have that. Um, but I think the people that are left are those people that are in that mentality of, like, I don't want to... Like, I, 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 it's loyalty, you know? I want to be mm-hmm. loyal to these people. I'm, you know, in his case, I'm a loyal Bioware person. Um, You're invested, not... But you when know, you look around into, at some point, yeah. you know what I mean? If if the the only way that you can remain loyal is if you look around and there's nobody there that you recognize anymore, the only way that you can remain loyal is if you're that person that people are looking around for to see, like, yeah. should I stay loyal to this company and continue? Right, and um, also the thing that you're working on as well. Sure, sure, and at yeah. that point, it should be your almost you know your call in his case it would have been his call to you know to to some degree being the creative director you know on on what what we're making here but mm-hmm. you know again and again bioware i don't think really makes those calls anymore they go oh what what's doing good in the industry let's try to make that which you know famously is what uh you know even kicked Cliff, uh, cliffy b in the nuts you know he yeah. tried to. He, he's like, oh, oh, battle royales are really good. I'm gonna make one of those. It's like, why would you make a battle royale game? <laughs> or uh, I'm gonna make a hero shooter game. Why the hell would you make a hero shooter game? You're not. I mean, you have a little. I mean, out of the two, the hero shooter is the one that makes more sense. But right, man. So because I mean, just with trying to do hero shooter, you create characters that people can attach themselves to. Right, I mean, right. That's why Overwatch was so successful is because people loved identifying with those characters. And the, and his and Cliffy B's games weren't bad. The no, I, like um, he was there for the you know for like Gears of War one through three for Unreal Tournament I, well, like games I absolutely adored playing growing up and everything. I, I'm even talking about the ones that he created. What was the name of that studio, Austin? Um, uh, 
the one that created uh, Radical Heights and Lawbreakers. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It did not last long. It didn't last because he was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. Clifford B. But, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think these guys kind of found that out the hard way, but I'm just afraid they haven't learned their lesson that they're going to end up going back. They're going to go back. Oh, we're going to do Dragon Age. And I think, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointed fans. Mm. Um, just because it's going to feel like a completely different thing. I want it to be good. So I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but like, well, they've, they've changed up what they said that the next Dragon Age was going to be so many times. I feel over the last several years, like, wasn't it at one point supposed to be like a game of service kind of deal that they were going to try to do with it? I I don't recall. I I feel like I remember reading that at some point, and then they had to like, and the reason why it's been delayed and delayed so often is they keep restructuring what they actually want to do with the game itself. Yeah, and so they had to like they've had to like rework it from the ground up. I. I feel like I remember reading about that. Dang. But I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what comes of this. I I don't think we we don't even have like a time window for any of this. Um, and, and I don't not that I'm aware of knowing how timelines go with EA because EA is kind of overall in charge. Um, mm-hmm. But do you I, feel I, like EA's gotten better about that, especially with like the successes that Respawn has had? I, I think I think they they've gotten better, but I think the damage is done, right? To a company like Bioware, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, I just feel like I don't hear as many bad things about EA as what we once did, but it could also be that we just hear more about. Other stuff. Activision other Blizzard. Now. Yeah, they're, yeah. It's, they're, it's getting swept I under don't, the rug. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know if I should say their name, but yeah. it's almost like Voldemort at this <laughs> point. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think um, looking to some of these creative people and seeing where they go and mm-hmm. seeing how they bring that influence to other things, especially like a creative director. You know, if, if if he has been the creative director, you know, um, he's, um, let's see, when did he become the creative director? Uh, I thought I read it. Um, 2014, senior creative director for Dragon Age in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, he spent so some about time four in that years role. then. Yes, yeah. you know, just seeing where he where he lands and then going from there so it's it's a lot of times like a lot of people a lot of people love i always think of it this way a lot of people love a sports team because Mm -hmm. they're like oh i love the like the people who love like the cleveland browns right um i love the browns but it's like why do you love the browns do you just like bold statement they're yeah exactly it's like (laughs) do, do you just love the do they even? They don't even have a logo. They just have a color scheme. Well, um, the, their logo is an orange helmet. Yeah, well, or I a think bulldog. It's a bulldog or a knife, right? depending on where you're looking. <laughs> but you know, most most times it's like a color scheme. 
it's a logo yeah. and it's associated with a town so usually it's for the love of a city um yeah, or the region or something like that i i look at these you know it, a lot of people do look at that and say like oh i love this team when they should be looking at it going oh i love these players that mm-hmm. made this team great when i was watching um I, I think it could be, you know, said very similarly for the development team behind games that you like. Oh, where did this person was responsible for the story's direction? Where did that person end up? Find it, find what game they worked on, and then give it a play. I think I think that's the that's the thing. Um, didn't four of these guys create a new studio and they're working with Wizards of the Coast? No, I yeah. couldn't say on that. Yeah, yes. I, I I thought so. And we haven't heard anything about that. It's probably been about a year now. Yeah. Yeah. So, hopefully we'll have some news about what they're working on. Because I like, I really enjoy seeing stuff like that. Um, For sure. That, and that's how we got the, uh, how we got the Ascent. You know, those guys worked on things like Wolfenstein. And, you know, like, a, a, one of those guys worked on a ton of id projects. Worked on right. Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. Doom. He was a hard surface modeler. And then I started noticing him getting into systems more. And then he got into programming and started playing with blueprints. And he was making some just amazing things. And he's like, this is just a personal piece. Like, I didn't I make really this need to get anybody. back into the Ascent. And, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it's a really good game. I can see all of his influence from something like that. So, yeah, that, that's what I urge those people. Don't, don't look forward to a new Dragon Age. <laughs> Look forward yeah. to what the people who made the original Dragon Age are doing now. And that can be three or four projects, which is cool. Yeah. A counter-argument to that could be kind of like, you know, people, you know, like Star Wars fans and stuff. Or Marvel sure. fans and stuff. It's just like, it's it's what they love. They love that universe and everything. And stuff. Oh, oh yeah. To the, yeah. I think what what I'm trying to do more more than anything is just taper expectation. Yeah. I, I don't want people to be heartbroken. Always an excellent thing to do. Yeah, because that sucks. All right, um, and in a weird turn of event, oh boy, uh-huh. uh huh. Epic Games acquires Harmonix. Uh, if you're unaware, Harmonix is um, the creators of Rock Band. Did they? They did creators Guitar of Guitar Hero? Hero one and two. And then they were uh, basically the production was moved to a different group. Yeah, so you did a lot of you did a lot of digging on what uh, on what these guys do, right? Yeah, so they were doing their own thing with uh, you know they they uh, basically their their whole concept is like the rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannot believe they didn't work with uh, League of Legends, but. Um, yeah, so they you know they originally made uh, frequency and amplitude, which were really big uh, rhythm games in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, went on um, to make Karaoke Revolution, Karaoke Revolution, the iToy uh, game Antigraph, which was really cool. iToy games. Um, so they got acquired. Well, yeah, so they worked on they worked with Activision on um, uh, Guitar Hero one and two, mm-hmm. and then they split off and did their own thing. Basically, uh, they got acquired by Viacom to make. Uh, rock band one, two, and three, and four, and then or at one, two, and three, they eventually bought themselves basically, and, and everything um, there in between, Lego rock band, Beatles yeah. rock band, guitar or Green Day, Green Day, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. 
And so they even worked with uh, Xbox on Damp Central. Yep, Damp Central. That was on the Connect, right? Yep. Yep. So yeah, eventually, um, you know, Rock Band Four on their own, and they've just been supporting that. They made Fuser, which came out uh, a year ago or so. Yeah. But and uh, yeah, they're they were like one of the last big like successful indie studios, basically. And uh, they will now be supporting Fortnite dances. Fucking brutal. So, love to see that. So Fortnite spinoff rhythm game. I, it'll, I, be in, it'll be within Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, They're not trying to spin like, off anymore. Welcome to Fortnite Club. Green Day's in Fortnite. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's. You know, one of, do you know the drummer for Green crazy. Day only has one testicle? Is it weird? It's pretty exciting stuff. His name's Trey, right? Trey. You would think he'd have three. Think he'd have three. <laughs> he no. w- I thought he'd go the other way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Trey be- cool. Trey cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool stuff that is pretty interesting stuff pretty cool some would say <laughs> good god but look into harmonix like if you guys want an interesting story it was a it was a ride just kind of even just listening to the some of the things that you were talking about about the the formation some of their early stuff that they worked on um even leading into them working you know with um like activision or uh, not Activision, or was it Activision? For Guitar Hero. Uh, yeah, Activision. Yep. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that company. I, well, I I don't know why I always think of the Harmonix logo and then um that little flame logo for the Red Octane. Um, yeah, which is uh, fully owned by uh, uh, yeah, NeverSoft and Red Octane and everything was fully owned by Activision. Yep. Can't escape them, can we? It's, it's like a death ray out there. I mean, it's like a like a tractor beam or something. Like just all of these guys always getting sucked in. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I like yeah. I like Epic. Epic's been making a lot of like really interesting moves, um, and they like to do things that are weird every once in a while. That's um, true. So uh, this could be good for them. It could be good for them to be like oh we have this idea even if it is put in something like fortnite or it is kind of like an offshoot of something fortnite related um yeah it could be good for them to like how could you say it's bad for these guys to have uh you know funding from a company that owns basically the biggest video game in the world yeah you know most profitable at this point. I assume mm-hmm. Fortnite's still the most profitable video game. So. Alright, that's pretty much the show. Um, Light news week, but it's also a holiday week, at least for us here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you all for taking a, a, a break from Leftovers to join us for the show. Um, if you guys get that chance, as always, at the end of the show over to facebook.com backslash mammoth games inc um and chat with us on the daily we really appreciate that as well follow us on twitter at mammoth games inc so you know we go live do junk just like this sharing some other cool things over there um but 
for Mammoth Games Inc. I'm one of your hosts, Jay. With me this week, Austin. You can find him at FilterCord. And Brian, you can find him at Major Potty. All right, have a good one, guys.